I'm amazed that Aaron can sing that song because that song is so powerful to those of us who live through that experience and hearing the words of the song bring back all the emotions of those moments and the closeness that we develop through that. Think about the nation of Israel as they are wandering through 40 years because of their disobedience, wandering 40 years in the wilderness, and now finally at last they are up against the Jordan River. Moses has died, as you heard in the video, and Joshua is now their leader, and he is, he is about to lead them across Jordan. I mean, God had them end up at the right place. They were just across from Jericho. And He is about to lead them across the river to the promised land. But He gives them some instruction before they embark on this part of their journey, perhaps the most important part of all. And He says the reason for the instruction is you have never passed this way before. I chose this passage because this being the fifth Sunday, the last Sunday of December, the last Sunday of 2019, and we will celebrate a new year and uh, in a year from now, a new decade, depending on this bit of an argument about whether we're entering a new decade yet or not. But we're, we're entering a new year. And I want you to think about your journey over the past year or years. And think about the fact that this is a new opportunity for you. Starting a new year is an opportunity of renewal, of starting over, of realizing that this is the first day of the rest of your life and how will you spend the rest of your life? How will you face 2020? How will you spend this new year? How will your life be different if it will be different at all? I hope it will be. I hope that 2020, the year 2020, will be the best year of your life to this point. But if that is the case, if that's going to happen, you have to realize you've never passed this way before. And before you cross into this new year, there are some things that you need to do. First of all, Joshua said to them, prepare yourselves, and that means prepare your heart. Now, I like to look at different translations to, to see how different translations of the Bible treat verses like this. And I noticed that it says in the CEV, the Contemporary English ver Version, make yourselves acceptable. He says purify yourselves in the New Living Translation. Uh, the NET says ritually prepare yourselves. I, I thought about all of those and, and looked at what was done later on, the purification, the circumcision, the, the observance, all the ritual things that they did. And the Old Testament is indeed much of it about ritual, but there was a reason for the ritual. The reason for the ritual was to be an example of what was really supposed to go on in their lives. That is, 
Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Get your heart right. I want you to understand, if you hear nothing else I say today, hear me say to you that God wants to do something great in your life in the next year. He does not want 2020 to be routine for you. He wants to work in your life. He wants His power to be visible in your life. He wants to change you from the inside out. And that change cannot be just a form, just a ritual, just attending church. It has to have an effect on your heart. That change in me, that change in you, has to begin in our heart. When I came in to this position with you as your interim pastor, I said that I would be focusing in these few months on repentance. Somebody asked, what should we repent of? Oh my word, where do I begin? What about our pride? What about our arrogance? What about our gossip? What about our lying? What about our cheating? What about... Is there anyone who would say they have no sin? And the Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But it says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To prepare our hearts we need to admit that we need preparation. We need to admit that we're not perfect. We need to admit that we have broken the law of God. You say, well, I'm not a murderer, I'm not a... But the Bible says if you've broken even one of those commandments, you're guilty of all of them. And we are all guilty. I want you to understand, I'm not just preaching to you if you're a a guest, and this is one of the first few times, perhaps even the first time that you've been in this service, I'm not trying to say to you that we're all okay and you're the sinner in the crowd. Everybody here is a sinner. You may be a sinner saved by grace. You may be a sinner who has not yet trusted Christ. But we're all sinners. And even those who have not yet trusted Christ need to understand that the journey for you begins with admitting that you're not perfect. Confessing your sin to God. And then coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And if we ask Him for that, if we ask Him for forgiveness, He is faithful and just to cleanse us of our sin, of our unrighteousness. And we can be reconciled to God. Paul said, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You see, that's why Jesus died. I, I spoke to you last week that He came, He was born to die. He died so that He, by the payment of His own life, His own blood on the cross... He could reconcile us to God. Be 
reconciled to God. Listen, if you've never trusted Christ as Savior, this is perhaps your last chance in church, at least, to be reconciled to God in 2019 so that you can begin 2020 as a believer in Christ and a follower of Christ. And I would beg you in this service right now, you don't even have to wait to the end of the sermon to call out in faith, to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart and to save you, to be your Lord, to be your Savior. Give Him your life. Prepare your heart for 2020. That means being reconciled with God. But it may also mean being reconciled to your brother. Oh, how great it is when brothers, when brethren, walk in unity. I said I would be focusing on repentance, forgiveness, healing, and unity. I'll be honest with you, when I stepped into this position with you and felt, I told you then that I felt compelled to do that, I expected a horrible mess. But you know what's happened instead? God stepped in. We have seen unity in this church like I have not seen in years. Can I get an amen? God has done something marvelous in this place and in our hearts. But just in case you're not there yet, don't let this year end without confession, repentance, reconciliation. Be reconciled to God, but let's be reconciled one to another so that we can see God do great things and greater things in Faith Baptist Church in the year to come. Listen to me. God wants to do something marvelous, something wonderful in your life. But if that is to happen, you have to prepare your heart. We must prepare our hearts to receive what He is going to do with us and in us in this coming year. Prepare your heart because you've never passed this way before. Then He said, follow God. First of all, prepare your heart. But follow God. Pursue God in this transition into the next year. He says, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. I, it's not in my sermon outline, but can I? it won't cost you any extra for me to say, some of us need to move out. Some of us need to get out of the rut that we're in. Some of us need to allow the Spirit of God to work in our lives that we will do things we've never even considered doing before. It's time to move out for Christ. To pursue God. 
follow Him. Move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Now I need you to understand, what he's talking about when he says follow the ark, he's talking about, and in your notes if you're looking at the study guide, I think there's three things that you're waiting for me to fill in for you. One of those is follow the presence of God. Follow the presence of God. You see, the ark of the covenant was the thing that represented to the nation of Israel in that day the presence of God. God met with them in the Shekinah light of glory between the outstretched wings of the angels that were on the top of what was called the mercy seat, the top of the ark. That was what they recognized as the presence of God. That's why I said when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, that Ark represented the presence of God. But listen, God has put His presence in you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. The moment you trust Jesus, He puts His Holy Spirit inside you, and you have a leadership of the Spirit that you did not have before you were saved. Each and every believer in Christ has that indwelling. And He is in you to call your name, to speak to your heart, and to guide you where He wants you to go. You say, but I'm not a believer yet. Yeah, but the Spirit of God is still speaking to you. If you've never trusted Christ, And I'm up here preaching the Word of God. I know because He promised that He is drawing you. He's trying to talk to you right now. Now the devil doesn't want him to do that. The Spirit is drawing you to salvation, to commitment to God, to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. He's drawing you right now. That is the voice of the Spirit you're hearing inside you. Give in! Follow Him. Follow God. Follow the Spirit. Let Him guide you. Do what He's telling you to do. Child of God, you've got the Spirit, but you've also got the flesh. Which one are you going to listen to? Will you listen to the Spirit of God as He directs you, or will you allow your own flesh to call out to you to follow the fleshly desires rather than the spiritual desires. Oh, listen. Pursue God. That is, follow the the leadership of the Spirit of God. Not only that, but the second thing is, you follow the Word of God. Now, this may be a little bit hard for you to figure out because I said the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God But notice it's the Ark of the Covenant. You know what was inside the Ark? The books that Moses wrote by the inspiration of God. We call it the Law. Some call it the Torah. It was the Bible of their day and for many days to come. We still have it in our Bible. It's the first five books 
of the Bible you have in your hand or in your phone that you're looking at right now. It's the first five books of the Bible. It was the Word of God. I mean, it was what God spoke to Moses and had him write. They Listen, the Bible's not a new invention, friend. It's been around since the days of Moses. Moses wrote those first five books by the inspiration of God. And that was for the direction of the people how to live their lives in a way that would be pleasing to God and because of that, beneficial to them. That was the Word of God for them to follow. You also have the Word of God. Some of you, Alice has got a copy in her lap. Not everybody brings a hard copy. I like a hard copy. You may find this disrespectful. You think I'm disrespecting my Bible. I write all in my Bible. In, in fact, uh, I've, I heard Jerry Chandler talking about his Sunday school teacher called and said, I think I left my Bible at the church. Would you check and see if it's there? And he said, yeah, it's here. He said, well, it's all right. I won't need it till next Sunday. Everybody should have laughed. It's funny, but it's not. I need my Bible. Now, the truth is, I've got about six of them that I read in rotation, and they're all written in. Listen, you've got the Word of God. That is the living manual. That is the manual of life written by the guy who created you. Written by the Spirit of God through the hands of various men through many years, the Bible is the Word of God. And you need to make that Word of God a part of your daily routine. I've, I will confess that I finished my reading for the year a couple of days ago, and I've been sort of lost. I need a schedule. Man, I need a plan. I, maybe I'm a bit OCD, but basically I need a plan. And to get up in the morning and not have those, that portion of Scripture that I have to read in order to fulfill my plan has been a little frustrating. That's, it's, it becomes habit forming. And it's a good habit. Every morning when I get up, I have my coffee. By the way, that's going to change for the month of January. Those of you who know what I did last year, I'm going to do it again this year. And so no coffee. <laughs> I've told you to stay out of my preaching. If you didn't hear that, she said pray for me. Because she knows I'm not going to have coffee in the mornings during the, the month of January. I, I, it, it's a special fast that I'm, I'm going to be doing. But I guarantee you, I will have the Word of God every morning. It needs to be a part of your life. It's God's instruction manual. He created you and He wrote an instruction manual for how you are to live. And you need to pursue the Word of God. Make a commitment today that every day of 2020, you will begin your day with the Word of God. I tell you to change your life. And it will change your life for the better. Follow God. Follow His presence, His Spirit. Follow His Word. It 
It also means follow the leader or leaders that God has given you. He specifically put those leaders in front of the nation of Israel. Moses had died. Joshua began his ministry in Joshua chapter 1 by saying, Moses, God said, Moses, my servant is dead. And he commissioned Joshua to lead the nation. The church is looking right now for God's man to be the leader. But I would make a plea to you. You know, there, it, it amazes me in Joshua chapter 1. Again, it's not in my notes, but it's in my heart. And they said to Joshua when he began to lead them, just, they, he said, be strong, be bold, be courageous, and we will follow you. Just like we followed Moses all the days of his life, we will follow you. And Moses turned over in his grave. Now we don't know where Moses' grave was, but I assure you, he laughed and turned over in his grave because those people did nothing but rebel against him the whole time he was leading them. And now they're saying to Joshua, Don... We'll follow you just like we did Moses. Joshua said, oh my word. We need to put the past behind us. We need to deal with the hurt. We need to confess any part that we've played. We need to repent. We need to be reconciled. We need to forgive. And we need to move on. Let 2019 and the history of this church in 2019 be written in the books and the books closed and let's open a new chapter and cross Jordan into the promised land. And let's call a pastor that you can respect and that you can follow. Let's call him with a commitment to follow his leadership and be brave enough to trust him to be God's man. And if we are dissatisfied with how he leads, tell God on him. Don't try to pull him down. Don't turn back. Just tell God on him. God can take care of him. Follow the leader that God gives us. Follow God. And then, understand, I've given you three things. God has given you His Spirit, His Word, and His leader to lead and guide you. My question for you is, will you follow God? I know that some of you are guests in this church, and you're not members here, and you ought to be. You ought to be. Some of you have trusted Christ and you haven't been baptized yet. And you ought to be. You ought to be. Some of you have dropped out of service for a while for one reason or another. That's all behind us. Will you commit now to again follow God and serve Him?
you ought to. Follow God. Prepare your heart. Follow God. And then step out in faith. Step out in faith. He said to Joshua, Give this command to the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. The priest will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, and as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. Now you remember Moses parting the Red Sea, right? All of us have seen the CCB DeMille movie, The Ten Commandments, and we've seen you know, the movie of Moses stretching his rod out over the water and the, and the sea parts, and they walk through on dry land. Mike, this time God's got a little different command. He says, I'll part the water for you, all right, but not until you step in it. Step in the water first, and then I will part the water for you. I just can't help but think, Charlotte, that somebody said, Lord, part the water and then I'll step in. I don't want to get my feet wet. And I'm not sure that you can do this. You see, the generation that had walked through on dry land through the Red Sea is gone now. This is a new generation. Most of them have not seen God part the water. So I'm not sure whether God can do that or not. Or maybe some of them said, well, God, I know that you can do this. I just don't think you'll do this now. And I don't think you'll do this for me. Casey, I tell you, it doesn't matter how deep the water is. God is able to part the water if you're willing to step out in faith and step in it for God. To obey His call, obey His command, He can and He will part the water to His glory. Not necessarily for yours or for mine, but He can and He will part the water for you. I don't know. You'd have to tell me. If I ask you, what is it in your life that God is asking you to take a step of faith in what trial are you facing what obstacle is there what challenge what has God called you to do with which you are struggling to have enough faith I don't know I, can, I know exactly what it is for me I'm not allowed to tell you yet but I know exactly what it is for me and it scares me. But my God is a big God. And I know that if I'll just step out in faith, He will part the water. Some of you are struggling with things that the rest of us have struggled with before and we're past that. That doesn't mean it's difficult. That doesn't mean it's not difficult for you. I would just say to you, take that step of faith. Some of you are struggling with following the Lord in salvation 
I can tell you, He can save you. I can tell you, He wants to save you. I can tell you, He will save you if you will come to Him in faith. Some of you are struggling with the step of following the Lord in baptism. Some of you are struggling with following the Lord in in joining the church. Some of you are struggling with following the Lord in tithing. I don't know if God can... I can't afford to tithe. I don't know if He'll take care of me. I can tell you, after 40 plus years of experience, you cannot outgive God. You can trust God. God is always faithful. I don't know the step of faith that you need to take. I only know mine. I can only say to you, step out. Step in the water. And God will part the water. He will take you through. He may not take you out of the situation that you're facing, but He will take you through that situation. Then finally, mark milestones in your walk with God. Mark milestones. See, I, I wondered whether to use this or not because it's the next chapter. But I can't leave this until I get the nation across the river and show you what they did on the way. Everything that God said to do, they did. And everything that God said He would do, He did. Do I need to say that again? Everything that God told them to do, they did. And everything that God said He would do, He did. They trusted Him. They followed. They stepped in the water. And God parted the water. By the way, if you read chapter 4, It says very clearly that the river was in flood stage. You think your problem is bigger than God? The river Jordan was flooded. But when they stepped in the water, the water stood up. It even marks the place in the Bible where the river backed up to because the flow of the river stopped as they walked across. But then God gave a special command. He said, take 12 stones from the dry riverbed. Take them across the river. By the way, they crossed right across from Jericho. God had them in the right place. And He said, make a pile of stones, those 12 stones, at the bank of the river on the other side. So that when your children say to you, what do those stones mean? You can tell them what God did. You know, I believe that we need to make milestones in our lives for what God has done. I thought about whether or not to be so real as to share this with you or not, but where I grew up, we had a saying done, something something special said, something of great meaning, or something happens that of great importance, and, and some old boy will say, drive a stab up right there. Any of you ever heard that before? I think it's a Winfield, Alabama saying, ah, well, Delane, you lived in the country too. So, Drive a stab up right there. You know what that means? Mark that down. That's like write that down. Make a marker that will make you remember that. 
You know, Loretta, I think we ought to make markers in our lives to make milestones to remember what God has done at special times. You know, you remember when you were saved? Make a marker. Mark that as a milestone in your life. I remember very well not only the night I got saved, I remember the night that I got to lead my girlfriend to the Lord. I'm married to her now, by the way, but she was my girlfriend then. I remember when my first child was born. She's sitting right there. I remember when my first grandchild was born. She's sitting right next to her mom. I remember when all these kids were born. I remember when I surrendered to preach. I remember when God put it on me to say, there's going to be a disaster if I don't step in and offer to lead the church right now. And that will forever be a milestone. There's a milestone tonight that the church that was divided in spirit and in mind and heart voted unanimously to call me as interim pastor. You see, there are moments in our lives that are life-changing. That moment needs to be now for some of you. Right now. There is a decision that God is calling upon you to make that will be life-changing. Do what He says. Make this a milestone moment in your life. Make 2020 a milestone year for you. You see, God has said, I want to do something marvelous in your life. You're sitting there thinking, oh, He's talking about in Brother Lynn's life. Or He's talking about in somebody else's life. He's not talking about me. Why not you? And why not now? Why not right now make the decision that God is calling on you to make for His glory? Make this a milestone moment for you in your life and in your walk with God. I want us to stand together. I'm going to pray. We're going to give you an invitation to answer what God is calling on you to do. That means that I'm going to be down here to welcome you, to speak with you, to pray with you, to counsel with you. And I just ask you to hear the voice of God and obey it as He speaks to you now.